want to bring you instruction from the Word of God. Now, we, now we're going to worship the Lord in His Word. Let's look to Ephesians chapter number 2, if you would please. Ephesians chapter number 2. It's not church unless we open the Word of God. So we're opening the Word of God to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to read 13 verses. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God. Say that with me. But God. But God changes everything. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? That in the ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, I'm almost tempted to have us all read this, but for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Our salvation is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. And God bless the reading of his word today to our hearts. On this communion Sunday, I want to talk to you and speak to you this instruction and this title of this message. Simply this, don't forget. Don't forget. The Lord has blessed us, I would say, in millions of ways. We are blessed. The little song, I am blessed, I am blessed every day of my life. I am blessed. When I wake up in, my, in the morning or when I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. And we are certainly a blessed people. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. In the Psalms, there's sometimes a responsive psalm about where the psalmist will say something and the whole congregation is supposed to respond with, His mercy endures forever. We've been blessed in millions of ways. But the truth is, if we're not careful, we can forget. In fact, today in this communion table, did you, did you notice a couple times there, the Lord said, as often you do this, what? In remembrance of me. 
Why is it vital that we receive communion? Why, does the, why is that an ordinance of the church, the other being water baptism? Why did he say, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me? Because he knows, the Lord knows, the tendency of our hearts is to forget. So I want to talk to you this morning about not forgetting. Even the psalmist said this in the psalm, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And what? Forget not all of his benefits or all of his blessings. We have these little pictures in the New Testament where that, do you remember the 10 lepers that came to Jesus? And they came and they cried out from a distance because they weren't supposed to come in contact with others. And they said, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, hear our prayer in a sense. Lord, have mercy on us. And the Lord had mercy on them and said, listen, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says this, as they went, they were cleansed, completely transformed. Now, what happens next is almost unbelievable. It's almost unbelievable that out of the 10, how many came back? Three, five, seven, maybe, maybe six. Come on. How many came back? Only one came back. And what did Jesus say? When, and when one came back and he saw that he was healed, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. Notice, he was a Samaritan. Jesus is astounded in the next statement. We're not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Then he says, is there only this one found, and, and ex, ex, this one except this foreigner? This man was not even a Jewish man. And him saying, except a foreigner, means that the others were probably Jewish. <coughs> I had to get my water today. Pardon me. There's sign of stuff going on. I need a miracle. Come on, pray for me today. Of all people, the Jewish people should have come back. They're the most blessed people. The law, the covenants, the glory. My point is this. My point is that we're here today to remember some things. And this is what the Holy Spirit brought to my heart and my mind out of Ephesians chapter 2. Three things that the Lord said through the blessed Apostle Paul that he says there's three things I don't want you to forget. See, in Ephesians... It's about the gospel. You start in the first chapter, and he's talking about redemption. He's talking about our salvation. He's talking about what God has done. You know, Ephesians has been called the Grand Canyon of Scripture, the depths of it, the wonder of the spiritual truth. Ephesians 1, 3 said this. Once again, blessing. We're talking about don't forget. Paul said, blessed, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You have it all, church. The Ephesians had it all. He says, in the heavenly places, they're in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, God is planning you and I, our blessing before the world ever existed. That's how much he loves us. Before the world existed. Before, the found, before Genesis 1, God said, I'm going to bless a people. Notice this, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Verse 5, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he's made us accepted in the beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Paul's talking about redemption. Really, in a sense, he's talking about Trinity life in chapter 1. The work of the Father, the work of the Son, and the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Father, Ephesians 1, 4, planning salvation. The work of the Son being incarnate, dying on the cross. The work of the Holy Spirit making it real and sealing us. And Paul is talking about redemption to the Ephesians. And then he comes to chapter 2. And what does he do? He says, Ephesians and Trinity life, I want you to remember something. And he gives us three things. First of all, this. He says, I want you to remember the pain of your past. Did you hear that? Now, I hear people say, oh, you just need to forget the past. Yeah, yeah, okay, I, I got that. There's things that we do need to forget. Our theme, we're, we're having a December 31st service right here. We haven't done it in probably a decade. We're doing a watch night service right here on December 31st, and we are going to have worship. We're going to have preaching. We're going to have testimonies. You know we're going to have some food. Come on, amen. And, and, and we're going to have testimonies and sharing. And when it comes midnight, we're going to pray. And our, you know what our theme is? Our theme is out of Philippians chapter 3, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching the forth of those things which are before. Yes, there are times that you need to forget some things. But there are times that you don't need to forget. There are some things that you never need to forget. And Paul is talking about salvation through the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Spirit. And then he comes to chapter 2 and he said, I want you, Ephesians, I want you not to forget the pain of your past. Notice Ephesians 2. Look at, I'm going to pick through verses 1 through 3 again. Notice some things. Made us alive, that salvation, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. In which you once... In which you once. Look at verse 3. Among whom also we all once. Look at the last few verses of chapter, or verse 3. Just as others. You know what Paul is doing? Paul is saying, I want you to look back in your past. I want you to, yeah, you're saved now. You're in Christ now. You've experienced all the blessings in Christ. You're forgiven. You're loved. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're, you're cared for. You have a great future plan. But I, I want you to take a moment, and I want you to think back what it was like before you were saved. I'm, I'm watching all these cars, 250,000 cars at least a month pass here. And we're going to win them in Jesus' name. We're going to fill this church up with people. And I can tell you, as I preach the gospel inside this building, there are people passing that are in so much pain. They're just like we used to be. Paul says, church, don't forget what you used to be. And I thought about this. When I think about just as others, whom, verse 3, you also, we were all once. I thought about this, put it in my notes. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. 
"'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour that I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace shall lead me home.'" A verse that you may not be familiar with. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. Yea, when this, another verse. Yea, when this flesh and heart shall fail and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. And then this verse we know. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we've just, we first begun. Paul says, church, don't forget the pain of your past. And then he describes it. He says, you were once dead in trespasses and sins. That means dead, not biologically dead, but spiritually dead, dead in sin, lost in the far country like the, like the prodigal. We were dead in our sins. He even uses this word. You were, you were separated from him. Think about that separated from God. The God that created us to serve him, to know, uh, to know him. The God that planned blessing for us. But we were separated from him. We did not know him. We did not have fellowship with him. We were darkened. We were dead. Just as someone dies physically, they're really dead. We were dead spiritually. We had no life of God in us. We were separated from him. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. That's Romans 5 and 8, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Same type of verse. It's our sins that separate us from God. You say, don't talk about sin. There's churches that don't even talk about sin. There's churches that want to play politically correct. How could we not talk about sin? It's what's damning the world. How could, can you imagine going to a doctor and the doctor saying, well, the person has cancer, but I really don't want to offend them. And you let them walk away and you let cancer eat away their body. How could someone call themselves a minister of the gospel and not say that it's sin that separates humans from God? He said in Isaiah, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. It's sin that destroyed Adam and Eve's relationship with God. It's sin that caused the divide. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus came to bridge the gap. Jesus came to be the mediator. He took the hand of God. He took the hand of man. And now whosoever will may come and drink of the waters of life freely. I would to God that we had loudspeakers outside this building that we could turn it up so loud. You know, you know how you get next to those, uh, I don't know what they are. You, you get at these stoplights and you start going, boom, 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 boom. 
I think you've experienced that too. I'm like, hey, the F-15s are coming in somewhere. Duck hunting, something's going on here. I wish we could put loudspeakers out. We would say, Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But don't forget, at one time, you were cut off from God. Separated from Him. I can't even in a million years imagine what hell will be like. A total absence of God. There are many people in our world that say, we want to get rid of God. Just hold on. It'll happen pretty soon if you don't get right. It's totally separate from God. People, people lost people don't really think through what that's going to be like. They may mock God. They may mock preachers. They may mock the church. They may mock spiritual things, which is very common in our modern day. But friend, I want to tell you this. We were once separate from God because we did not know God through Christ. We were separate without a God. We were separate. We were cut off from him. I can't even imagine what hell is like. A total absence of light. A total absence of God in total darkness. The Bible is so descriptive that it, it's, you know, Mark Twain said this. He said, it's not the parts of the Bible that I understand that, that, that I don't understand that bother me. But he said, it's the parts that I do understand in very clear, vivid language. Jesus said, and I quoted this, we had a, we had a men's... Uh, we had a men's coffee and Bible study this morning. We've already had it. We've already been through Proverbs chapter 1. Down here we had coffee and Bible. And one of the things that I quoted was, don't fear him that can kill the body, a man, human being. But fear him who can cast both body and soul into hell. Jesus, it was clear. Hell is real. It's a doctrine in the scripture I know you have these false prophets that are saying all kind of crazy stuff. How about let's Trinity Life Church, let's stay with the book. Let's stay with the word of God. He described their past life of pain. He said, I don't want you to forget that. Yeah, I mean, we'd like to stay in Ephesians 1. Yeah, I mean, redemption through his blood and all the wonderful things. But then Paul brings them to attention. He shakes them and said, listen, but at one time, this was your life. He, he described it this. He said in verse 2, they were influenced and controlled by Satan at one time. Yep. Verse 2, in which once you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, Satan would work his dastardly plan in our lives. And that's what he's doing in this world today. Wrecking marriages, wrecking people, leading them into paths of deception and darkness. The greatest false prophets in the world today is the news media. 24 hours a day propagating humanism and atheism and, and godless propaganda. 24 hours a day, it's on our home. The greatest prophets, false prophets in the world is the news media propagating things that are not in the word of God. And he, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. But listen, lost people have no resistance to the enemy. And that was what we used to be. The enemy could just traffic in and out of our lives. You know what I'm talking about, church. The enemy would just, it's like a city with walls broken down. The enemy would just traffic in. You had no resistance because a lost person has no resistance to, to, to Satan. Willpower, what's that going to do against demonic spirits? Well, that's, what's that going to do to fight off the powers of the enemy 
from our marriage, from our, from our, uh, our, our, our marriages, our children, our homes. What's, what is willpower? We need the blood. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Word of God. We need the name of Jesus. The righteous, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it. Only Jesus can keep us safe. The enemy can't put a curse on you. Are you kidding me? People are talking about curses. Listen, I can tell you, the curse came off the child of God at the moment they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. We went out of Satan and sin, and we came into Christ, and now we're in the beloved. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. I mean, listen, old Balaam could not curse Israel in the Old Testament. Every time he tried to curse them, he'd bless them. And then Balak, the king, got mad at Balaam and said, I told you to curse them, and now you bless them these three times. He said, I can't curse what God's blessed. Come on. The enemy cannot curse you. You are loved by God. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are protected by the Lord. He can attack you from the outside, of course. He can tempt you. He can put thought. Of course, we, we experience all that. But I want you to know this. Satan does not control our lives anymore. He has no power over you. Jesus said this. Jesus said, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Jesus said to his apostles, I've given you power over all the power, exousia, authority, power of the enemy. We have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you not read the back of the book, dear one? Have you not read back here where Christ rides on the white steed and his name is the word of God? Have you not know that he is the king of kings and the Lord of the lords and he's mighty to save and he's the head of the church? Glory to God. I'm about to preach up here. Somebody help me. Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor's about to get excited here. He said, don't forget. Don't forget the past life of pain because there's people that are going through what you went through. He describes it in verse 3 as controlled by the lust of the flesh. He said, fulfilling, walking among them, fulfilling the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the mind and of the flesh, enslaved by passions. Enslaved. You know, the, the fleshly nature, our human nature has passions in it, has certain desires. That's why you're still temptable. Listen to me. Men, listen to me, men, especially the men. We're all temptable. Where does temptation come from? Now, I'm going to teach you something here. You have a new spirit. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. When you're saved, you're born again. You get a new heart. First, second Peter 2, second Peter 1, 3, and 4. We have the divine nature in us. That's the Holy Spirit. That's a new heart. That's a heart of flesh. But you live in an old body. This mortal flesh has not been transformed yet. We're going to get a brand new body one day. I'm going to... Man, I know the kind I want. I want one of them bodybuilder type guys, you know. Walk around. I, I didn't get that down here, you know. But uh, anyway, hey, well, you can try. You can put your order in. What's everything you desire when you pray, right? But, you know, the, these bodies are temptable. And flesh can't control flesh. Weak human nature can't control flesh. Some people, yes, have more willpower than others, but we're not, we're Christians. We're not to be trusting in willpower. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the mighty power of God to rely on. And, and by the Spirit, we put to death the misdeeds of the body. You can live in the Spirit. You can live a holy, godly, disciplined life because God is for you and with you and in you. And you can be holy as He is holy. 
But that's what we used to be. We had no power except our own human wills. And we just would stumble and, 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 and go along. But now we have the spirit of Jesus in us. And now Christ wants to manifest his holy and righteous life through it. I can't live for God on my own. But good news is I was never supposed to live for him on my own. But be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Are you hearing me today? Now listen to this quickly. He's telling us, what's he saying? Don't forget the past life of pain, enemy wrecking and bringing his dastardly plan separate from God. And notice what he says in verse 3. And we're by nature children of wrath just as others. In our past life, listen to this, we were under the wrath of God. Now, it's not popular to talk about the wrath of God in our politically correct society. There's people that have changed God that he doesn't even look like the God of this Bible. He's another God. He's an idol God. The God of the Bible, the God that we serve, is the God of this Bible. The Bible describes who God is. This is his glory story. Not a book of mathematics. It's not a book of business, of how to get ahead in business. Are there principles that will lift us up to a better life? Yes. Are there six things we can do to live for God and apply and be blessed? Yes, of course. But at its core, it's a story of God. It's a story of redemption. It's the story of his love. It's, it's who he is. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the great three in one. Oh, my. Oh, my. Trinity life. What does it say? It says that lost people are under his wrath. The, listen, the full measure of his wrath has not been unleashed. But it's like somebody on, it's like somebody on death row. The sentence has been given. It's hanging over their head. And one of these days, if, some, if the pardon doesn't come, they're going to walk that green mile. They're going to walk that row. And they're going to go and they're going to be put to death because of some crime they committed. But, but as, as in a metaphorical sense, we were all there. We all had the death sentence over us. But somebody came to our cell and said, do you want to be free? Do you want to pick up your mat and walk? You want to change in your life? I can't get out of these bars. Oh, but I have the key, son. I have the key, daughter. I shed my blood. And if you will believe upon me, you are saved by grace, not of works. You don't fight those bars. You don't pull them open. You can't do it. But I tell you, when Jesus came out of that tomb, sin's power was decimated to those who will believe. Who, would, who in their right mind would stay in the jail cell? Who in their right mind when somebody is handing them a pardon, saying, you can, you can go free, son. You can go free, but, but, I, but I've done terrible things. I've committed sin. I've done things against God and man. I know, but I have your pardon. But I took your punishment. I already took your punishment. I died for you. Who would say, no, I don't want that? Who in their right mind would say, no, I don't want that offer? Well, my friend, I want that offer. I want it. I need it. 
Here's what the scripture says about the wrath of God. Therefore, being put to death, put to death your members on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. It's coming on the sons of disobedience. Thessalonians 1:10. But to wait for the Son from heaven who raised from the dead, who raised, who he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. The Revelation 6, 16, 17. He said, say to the mountain, they say to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us. Notice this, and hide us in the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come. And who can stand? Who can stand against the mighty wrath of God? I'll tell you who can stand. It's those who've been covered in the blood. It's those who've been washed in the blood. It's those who've been come and said, I confess Christ by grace. Save me. Deliver me, Lord, I believe upon Christ and Christ alone. Those are the ones that are going to stand the rest will continue under the wrath of God until the full measure of that wrath is brought at that day when they're cast into the lake of fire. When the Lord says their names could not be found. And I, don't, I believe it's, the Lord's going to want it to be there when the books are open. He's going to want to see it. Oh, I wish you had a chance in your lifetime. You had a chance, but you golfed on Sunday. You had no time for God. You, you, you had a chance to bring your kids to church and teach them, but you were too busy. You shopped on Sunday. You were in the malls on Sunday. You were on the golf course on Sunday. You were out fishing on Sunday. You always had time for everything in your life, but your name's not in here because you didn't have time for me. Depart from me. I never knew you. John 3.36 says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son is not, will not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. But John 3.17, God did not send his Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's why he came. Think about what we used to be. Don't forget. Don't forget. One of the reasons you don't need to forget is because people we brush shoulders with every day are going through exactly what we used to go through, the pain and the loneliness and the separation and the trying to figure life out. And we can tell them of the great story of God's grace. Down in verse 12, it says you're separated from Christ and you're, you were without hope, without God in the world. I don't know of a more ominous scripture without hope, without God in the world. All alone. All alone. Lost people are all alone. God, the Holy Spirit, saying, receive me. Receive my son. Come. I want you as my child. I want to save you. I want to love you. I have blessing for you. But they're without Christ, without God in the world, all alone. But we're not alone. Every day, he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You're never alone. Our feelings deceive us sometimes because sometimes we feel lonely. Sometimes we feel like we're fighting battles all our own. That's why church is so important. Isn't this just been a beautiful day? This worship was so dynamic. This, this prayers and prophecy. and Don't forget your past life of pain. And I'll give you these two last ones just like that, and we're done. 
Second thing is, I don't want you, I want you to remember the privilege of pardon. Verse 4, verse 5, and verse 6 says, He loved us, He liberated us, and He lifted us up in the heavenly places. Think of the privileges we have. See, how are we redeemed? We are redeemed because the plan is accessible. It's accessible because it's by grace. See, if it was by works, there's some things I can do. There's some things that you can do that I can't do. But no one can do this except Jesus. No one can get saved by works except by the work of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. There again, by grace are you saved. Power of sin, completely broken. It doesn't dominate your life anymore. Go home and read Romans 6. Sin doesn't dominate you anymore. We yield our bodies and our lives to service to God. Romans 6, 12, 14. It doesn't have dominion over us anymore. And here's the last thing I want you to hear. This is my conclusion. Third thing I want you to remember is this. Don't forget this. You need to remember the purpose of your position now. Don't forget. Don't forget your past pain. Don't forget your privilege of what he's done. And don't forget, or really re remember your purpose of your position. He says this, verse 7, that in the ages to come, there's a phrase in verse 7, in the ages to come, in the ages to come, he's going to demonstrate the grace of his love to us. But then in verse 10 it says that we are his workmanship, notice this, created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created and saved for good works. Now, then he says, that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now notice this. Remember what I've told you today. Remember the past life of your pain, sin. Remember your pardon because of Jesus' death. And then this. Remember the purpose of your position. Two things. The purpose of your position. Number one is you have a ministry to fulfill. You have a ministry to fulfill. He says, you were created for good works. We have to work. We have to get busy. Help us build the church. Will you help me? Will you help us as pastors? Would you help us, please? I beg you. Will you please help us fulfill your ministry? Do something to build the church. Come on. Would you pray? Would you not miss a service? Would you come to prayer meeting? Would you teach the kids? Would you come and usher? Would you, would you help? Please help us. You were created for a ministry. Don't forget the privilege of permission that you have a call of God. He created you to serve in some way in his body. Would you help me? And then you have a glorious future to experience. That in the ages to come, not only do you have a ministry, now you have blessing. Heaven is going to be so great. It's going to be so great. Listen to this. Some glorious morning, sorrows will cease. Some glorious morning, all will be peace. Heartaches all ended. Labor all done. Heaven will open, and Jesus will come. Some golden daybreak, Jesus will come. 
Some golden daybreak battles all won. He'll shout the victory, break through the blue. Some golden daybreak for me and for you. Sad hearts will gladden, all shall be bright. Goodbye forever to earth's dark night. Changed in a moment, like him to be. Oh, glorious daybreak, Jesus I'll see. Oh, what a meeting there in the skies. No tears, no crying shall dim our eyes. Hallelujah. Loved ones united eternally. Oh, what a daybreak the morning shall be. Let's stand. You have a glorious future. A glorious future that in the ages to come, that in the ages to come, that he's going to show you his marvelous love and grace. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. What a beautiful morning it's been. Thank you for our, our men's coffee Bible time. Thank you that I could share Proverbs 1 with those brothers. I thank you today for this worship service, these beautiful songs that have stirred me to think about Jesus. And Lord, thank you for this communion. Thank you for this word of God. Help us not to forget our past life of pain. Help us not to forget the privilege of our pardon that we're washed in the blood, forgiven, accepted, enriched, lifted with Christ every day. And thank you, Lord. Help us not to forget that we have a purpose, a calling, a ministry. Jesus.